people, people. Hello. Um, I guess we're a little late getting this one out, but that's okay. This is for the end of December. Yeah, but now it's the so-called New Year. Yeah. <laughs> grumble, grumble. Someone's got strong feelings about this. Mm, yeah, and what is it today? The January 5th. Already. So we're well into 2024. Yeah, you know what? I do have strong feelings about the new year. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Gregorian calendar kind of gal. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't understand the arbitrary delineation at a random time in the seasons changing. Why New Year's is New Year's. And let's talk about it. Mm. Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. So, I'm, like, more of a pagan calendar girl. You know this about me. Yeah. We've even talked on this show about, like, the pagan roots of Christmas as a holiday. That's true. Right? And um, probably we've touched on, like, the solstice, the, the winter solstice. I think so. Um, for me, the winter solstice is, like, the four, the solstice and e- four solstices, equinox solstice calendar. Mm-hmm. of the year tends to be like more so how I divide my time up and think about like intention setting, reflecting back, connecting to my surroundings. Like that's just kind of like more my vibe. Mm-hmm. It hasn't always been like that, but at this point in my life, those are the like um dates that resonate with my being <laughs> a little bit more. But we just went through this big holiday cycle, so yeah, holiday cycle. So So let's talk about it. (laughs) Well, you're a little bit of a New Year's grump. I'm a total New Year's grump. I'm a a lot of bit of a Christmas grump. You're a lot of bit of a Christmas grump. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Do you want to continue with New Year's? Or no, tell should, us, tell us should about we your jump cr- to Christmas. Tell us about your Christmas grump, because I think it's actually been very um, enlightening to see your perspective on Christmas as somebody who grew up in a very Christmas centric home, and we can get into that more. But tell us, mm. tell us more. I think my biggest gripe with Christmas is that it is a a Christian holiday. And Christ's it's, mass. <laughs> it's always. I mean. If we really break it down, like, the Christians, the, I was going to call them the Italians, the Romans, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, same very, thing. Well, okay. Uh, Fair enough. The Romans, like, incorporated <laughs> pagan holidays um, into their calendar to a- get people to... Appropriated. Uh, yeah, to get people to more easily accept Christianity. Um, so... I don't think if there was a quote-unquote actual Jesus person, they were not born on the 25th. Um, But that's to get it closer to, like, equinox celebrations. Um, But I don't know. I think any Christian holiday, for me, any Christian holiday, especially with, like, colonized people, I, I mean, on one hand, I get the indoctrination but on the other hand i'm like this is like our enslavers religion mm-hmm. literally the doctrine and shit they use to subjugate people all over the world mm-hmm. so for me it's really difficult to accept that as a holiday like once i learn i'm like i don't really want to have anything to do with it a i'm not really into the materialism of it like i i, I enjoy giving gifts and stuff like that like that's something i like to do or um receiving gifts but this like 
<clears throat> the uh, I guess the more secular, the hyperconsumption, yeah, side of Christmas, like this expectation that you're going out to buy things and yeah, not really my bag. And then also, yeah, the celebration of this this forced belief system yeah. and not just a forced belief system, literally like mental enslavement. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had a friend that like sent me a text on the day. It was like. Merry Christmas! Da, da, da. I'm just like, I sent back a really cunty <laughs> like you response. Let me see what I wrote. Where is it? Have a very cunty Christmas. Oh, I said. Uh, she was like, Merry Christmas, Emma. I was like, happy religion that messed up so much of the world and indigenous knowledge slash belief systems, and I did like emoji sticking out the tongue sorry it's really not my thing and then she was like laugh out loud yeah i hesitated sending this text i'm like you should know like yeah <laughs> it's like the same thing i don't i, I guess many people don't equate it to this but it's like yeah. also kind of like maybe wishing like an indigenous american person like happy thanksgiving or, or happy something columbus or day yeah or happy columbus day i'm just like no this this yeah. is not for me and I don't I reject it period <laughs> yeah yeah I think thinking about like how it can equate to violence particularly for colonized people is not something I had really ever considered before you started talking about how that felt to you mm. and I hadn't really encountered any other like black or indigenous people who like related that concept to me but it really made me yeah start to notice and think about what the Christ part of the holiday, mm -hmm. like how that's like centering of Christianity and like all of the harms of Christianity and celebrating that. Um, and like the, like co also the co-opment of it by capitalism. capitalism yeah. Also, it's just like, it's all, it's a bunch of, of bad it's shit. It's pretty yucky together. all around. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yucky all around and it's really not my holiday. And even for like people who come from like a European or white background too, it's like, the fucking Romans, like, destroyed so many of, like, people from Europe's indigenous mm -hmm. beliefs right. and, like, cut so many people off from, like, yeah, their roots. It's just gross to me to think about that when there's so much, um, like, indigenous knowledge or culture that has been erased by the monster that Christianity mm -hmm was and has become i mean maybe not when it started it certainly has been by the time the romans got their hands on it fully co-opted as like a tool of the state mm -hmm. um i'm sure whatever it was in its beginnings was like something pretty industry interesting like we've referenced in previous podcasts you know talking about dead sea scrolls and like origins of christianity and some of the books and stuff I've read about that. But, I mean, yeah, it, it hasn't resembled that form in thousands and thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, for. I think for the past, like, what, six or, seven, six or so years, like, we haven't celebrated Christmas in any way no. together. I think we had, like, a bonfire one year. That was more just for, like, anyone who's, like, wants to hang out because I think it can be it can be weird sometimes with social media 
like seeing everybody you know engaging mm-hmm. with this holiday that like you find harmful i find you know like i see the harm of the the christian origin and also just like i am very like grossed out by the overconsumption hyperconsumption aspect of it and like for me that's like the 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 way for me it's like a um it's like a hoarder trigger thing mm. of like just this thing of like oh we got to get more stuff and like acquire more stuff and it's just stuff as like i don't even want i don't think i have, <laughs> i don't think i have it in me to get into it but it's just like a very wasteful holiday there's all this wrapping there's all this packaging there's all this trash you know what i mean mm. that comes out of it and that's supposed to like um symbolize some kind of like love like gifting is love and i think like we've give we've different years like given each other solstice gifts you know like i think gifting's beautiful like celebration is beautiful coming together in community with friends or the ritual family yeah those things are all beautiful things like um but yeah i think it's also important to interrogate like oh, why are we doing this? What is the root of this? Where does this come from? Yeah. Like, um, Also, I can't remember if we've talked about, like, what Christmas was like for you. You did celebrate Christmas growing up, right? Yeah, so for those who don't know, I was born into a religious cult. Um, so Christmas was never really, like, a big thing in that organization. Um, what was more of the big holiday was quote unquote God's day, which was like a celebration of the cult founder. <laughs> when did that happen? Uh, I think it was like New Year's. Like, Oh, so yeah. it's still like a holiday it's, time thing. Yeah. It oh. was like the New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, it was more about... So you're I still think a you did... moony. You love New Year's. It all <laughs> makes sense. Well, I mean, it's a different energy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um... Yeah, I don't exactly remember fully what the thing is. There's a lot of, like, it was a Korean cult, so there's a lot of, like, bowing to, like, the founders, like, pictures and shit like that, mm-hmm. and, like, dedicating yourself to them. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, it, it was so long ago, I don't, like, fully remember, but, um, yeah. <laughs> and then for me, like, uh, I would say Christmas is probably, like, my mom's favorite holiday, so it's always been a very big deal every year. Mm. And there's always been this, like, um, equation of, like, the piles of presents under the tree being, like, a really big symbol and, like, a sense of, like, being cared for or loved, being equated with these, like, piles of presents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, like, as I've gotten older, I've been like, you know, like piles of presents (laughs) like i just want to be loved you know what i mean like a bunch of stuff like as a kid you want i don't know i don't know if you were like this but as a kid like i wanted stuff i was exposed to television and i wanted like things that i saw in commercials i was really like driven by the desire to like acquire new shiny things so like christmas was a time to you know acquire new shiny things and like looking under the christmas tree which like we always did on um uh Christmas Eve was always when we opened presents. Mm. Um, It was, like, a big deal. It was always very, like, exciting as a kid because it met this, like, consumption fantasy of, like, all these desires that have been implanted in my brain from, like, Sunday morning cartoons are all coming to fruition. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then always there was, like, a, a church service as well. And... 
I really did, like, um, connect with, like, aspects of the church service because I liked to sing a lot. And singing in groups of people is, like, for me, a really profound experience. And church is a place where you do that, you know? Um, but also I was, like, really deeply indoctrinated about, like, baby Jesus story and Mm. all this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I remember having, like, profound emotional experiences singing about Jesus in church, you know? Or, like, the candlelight service where they turn off all the lights and, like, everyone holds a candle and sings Silent Night. Like, those were, like, pretty profound Christmas experiences for me, actually. But, like, looking at what was like like what was really being touched there you know was it about the baby jesus story was it about the myth behind the baby jesus story was it about like a bigger universal myth about like i don't know like jesus figures across all different religions and like um cultures and times or was it just because like singing in a group like makes me cry sometimes you know Mm. what i mean um, anyway, that those holidays all actually have, like, or Christmas has, like, a lot of really, really pretty deep memories rooted in me. And so there's this part of me that, like, um, like, I don't wish to return to any of the, like, Christian or consumptive origins of it, like, taking any of that stuff forward. But I'm like, what is beautiful about Christmas to me, you know? And this year, I was kind of struggling with it. I think we, we, I was in Minnesota at my brother's house meeting his, uh, his new baby son, Frankie. Frankie. And having some auntie time and, uh, hanging out with my family for a week. And, and I this was, is, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, and I was thinking about like the ritual cause we were about to do the ritual that we do every year. Like there was a Christmas tree at my brother's house. I saw presents, like, slowly accumulating under the tree. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of, like, panicking, where I was like, uh, wait, do I have to do this ritual? Like, we're all going to be there. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be weird if I opt out of this ritual? Is it going to seem selfish because I'm not giving gifts? Is it going to seem, like, mean or, like, I don't know, hateful to Offensive. Not... Or... Offensive, yeah, yeah, to not participate, even though everyone in my family knows, like, I'm not a Christian and... I'm not really into hyperconsumption like I was as a kid. You yeah. know what I mean? But anyway, I was with my friend from high school and uh, we were, ha- and his partner, and we were, he was going to buy Christmas presents and I was tagging along and we went to this like used bookstore in Minneapolis and I was just kind of like wrestling with it and I was like, man, I don't know. Like, and he was like, you know, it's just a ritual. It's like not a big deal. It's just like you get something for people, just like let them know that you're like thinking of them or whatever. Hmm. And that kind of just, like, shifted it a little, and I was like, okay, it's more just about the ritual of communing or something, and I tried to, like, sort of shift my perspective on it a little bit of just, like, I don't know, maybe, like, agreeableness in the ritual, even if I don't, like, really resonate with, like, the idea that you have to, like, give presents at a certain date and time just because, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or that those presents are, like, celebrating a baby Jesus story figure <laughs> or whatever. But I was just trying to kind of, like, think of it more of, like, a from a, like, perspective of, like, um, c- 
communal bonding, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I bought everyone like a astrology book about their sign. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> I could come up with. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. The perfect heathen <laughs> yeah. like, wolf in sheep's clothing gift. Well, I think <laughs> I think I knew everyone in that room was like into astrology and who doesn't want to read about themselves even yeah. if it's like you know what I mean it's like a book about you even if it's like not actually <laughs> you know what I mean everybody wants to like, like give it. me some good things about my assigned about archetype myself. yeah exactly <laughs> but anyway I was sort of just like thinking about it and was like all right like I'm gonna just try to like shift a little bit of my own relationship to this holiday and think of it more of just like instead of being like a Christmas grump and, like, trying to make a big thing about how I feel about it or, like, make it about, like, this is dumb. Like, I'm like everyone else here, like, kind of wants to do this thing. So, yeah. like, can I fit? Can I find a way to, like, fit into that? Um, that doesn't feel like a betrayal of, like, my own beliefs or my own, like, feelings about it. But it's also, like, this is really a ritual of, like, um, sharing, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated than all that, but... I gave it my best shot. It was my first Christmas <laughs> in a really long time, and I was really just like, I don't know what to do with this. You know what I mean? You survived. You did it. I did it. Yeah, we had like a Christmas dinner. That was nice. Cal read um this book that is a Christmas tradition in my family called A Cup of Christmas Tea, mm. which is like a book about like a nephew visiting his great aunt, even though he didn't want to, even though he like didn't want to participate in this like, why do I have to like go see my aunt? But she, like, called Fargo, beckoned him to come, like, visit her. It was kind of about, like, family. Come to me at Christmas. I guess it was about, like, family (laughs) even when you're kind of, like, ugh, family. When you don't want to, yeah. Which is, like, Christmas kind of is like that for a lot of people. Yeah. It's an obligation for a lot of people. Yeah. That's, like, triggers a memory for me of, like, it was, yeah, growing up it wasn't really, like, that big of a deal in my family, but with like a previous partner like that it was Mm -hmm. and like I was like dragged along to these (laughs) Christmas things and like that really like blew some stuff open for me too because it was like it was just like all these weird factions all being forced into this room at the same time and I I, like really it was really difficult for me because I'm like none of you people like each other. Mm-hmm. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. Like, literal arguments. Like, screaming matches. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I can't even handle watching, like, fucking Real Housewives because they're <laughs> screaming. Like, this yeah. is, like, in person. People are, like, just, like, vicious energy towards each, o- each other. And I'm just like, I'm so uncomfortable. This mm. is, like, not fun. This is not a good time. Like, why are people Why are we this? here? Why are you doing it to each other? Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah, right. It was just like, oh, so gross. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, my partner at the time was just, like, really insistent on, we have to do this. Like, I want to see my family. I was like, y'all don't even like each other. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, i've come around to it being like a balance like i know i don't want to do christmas every year yeah this was the first one in seven years right since we went to sedona uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. so this is the first one i've been to in a long time and i think for me i'm just like you know this was a good time to go kind of experience family from a new perspective because there's like a new family member to celebrate mm-hmm. in a way and it was uh yeah it was kind of great to have this like new 
perspective about the holiday, this shifted perspective about family and, like, our new roles, in a sense, you mm-hmm. know? And also just, like, this new dynamic of, like, uh, like my brother's family structure that he's building mm-hmm. um, with his uh, co-parent. And, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was okay. I was, like, not that mad at Christmas. I was, like, still not my favorite holiday. I'm still not, like, a fan of, like, um, giving for the sake of giving. I like when, like, a gift is, like, given at a time where it's needed or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not because it's, like, unexpected. Yeah. I think that kind of thing just, like, has never really, like, sat right with me. But at the same time, I was like, all right, this, I'm just trying to, this is a ritual. This is a time when ritualistically people gift each other things on the same time at the same place. And, like, they do that (laughs) and I'm going to give that a shot or whatever. Um, you and I, though, baby, we're just such contrarians. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just, like, I think, I think like, yeah, I think that was also some of the takeaway for me. It's like, yeah, I know, I know where I stand. I understand why this is a harmful holiday. And I think there are things about it that I really just don't sit right with my soul. But at the same time, sometimes I just have to like let go of that and be like, all right, well, this, this is meaningful to people I love. Yeah. So let me just like find what I can in it to like participate and be a part of that instead of always having to be like little miss different you know what i mean you know what i mean i think so i think it's like kind of i'm okay with a little miss different though well i know you love that but for me it was like a good perspective shift it's a little humbling to just be like yeah yeah it's not about me i can just like sit back and like let people enjoy their holiday it's good to challenge yourself yeah yeah i think so um but that being said uh you know new year's is not my holiday Mm-hmm. I did challenge myself with New Year's this year too, though. Yeah, I did go out. We yeah, you came to my friends, had a little gathering, and then we went to like a party that ended up being a rave. Well, I guess a rave is a party uh-huh. for a little bit. It was chill. I feel like mm, I feel like New Year's I can get behind a little more just because it's like secular and like yeah. <laughs> uh, like I enjoy celebrations just for like I mean I'm not. For celebrations. Yeah, sake. just for celebrations sake. I think they're, we should have more celebrations or, <laughs> um, but I don't know where I was going with that, but Well, let me yeah. tell you some of the things I don't like about New Year's. Okay. Um, for me, New Year's Eve specifically, first I'll say when I was very young, like a teenager, a preteen. I had, like, a very romanticized idea about New Year's from reading, like, Teen Magazine, Seventeen Magazine. They always had this, like, New Year's, like, fashion moment in those magazines Mm -hmm. where it's, like, here's your New Year's, like, look. And it was always, like, glitter. Party dress. Yeah, it was, like, a glittery, sparkly dress with, like, glitter eyeshadow. They always had, like, something on, like, disco theme kind of thing. And I always wanted that just based on the magazine. I was, like, God, I want that. I can't wait till I'm older. Mm-hmm. Can't wait till I'm an adult and I get to go have these get like my champagne toast. I get to have my cha- and I get to go have <laughs> these New Year's moments. And I've had some great New Year's uh, celebrations, but the thing that like has grown stale to me over the years is the kind of desperation that I often pick up on around New Year's holidays and celebrations, and it has something to do with like 
expectations, like Christmas, Mm -hmm. expectation that, like, something about this, like, hour or couple of hours around midnight needs to be just so. And it is maybe, like, a ritual around a symbol of, like, how you start your year, like, sets the tone for your year, Mm -hmm. your Gregorian year, I'm gonna say. Like, it's just just like a whole, (laughs) just like, who... First of all, abolish time. Time isn't real. So, yeah, I guess for me, I don't really associate it with, like, any start But or that's what makes it me so mad about it. There's so many starts of different years, if you're going to use that as a time measurement. there's. <laughs> that's what makes me mad about it, is I feel like it, like, solidifies time as we know it as, like, uh, relevant in any way. And I just think it's irrelevant. I just think it's so irrelevant, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why couldn't we just do this every week? You know what I mean? I'd be why, down. Could, why do we even have weeks? Like, I just, I'm very, like, not a fan of the system organizing uh, our lives around this particular calendar. I just find it to be really arbitrary and disconnected. Um, and also, probably, I don't actually know that much about Gregor. or whatever whoever to you know implemented the gregorian challenge calendar was it gregorians were they monks i'm gonna guess romans but yeah maybe should we should have looked that up i can look at it now calendar uh, the principal change was to space leap years differently so as to make the average calendar year 365.2425 days long. Um, so, yeah, a, a papal decree, if you will. So I'm just, I don't know, whatever. I'm not a fan of that. And it's, it just, it just, I don't, (laughs) I don't know how to describe my, like, disgruntledness about it. But there is the thing of, like, I've always found, like, expectations for fun to be kind of annoying. Like, I feel that way about weekends as well. For the longest time, I didn't have a job where, like, a weekend meant anything. Most weekends meant I was working for the vast majority of my life. This is the first year and a half of my life where, like, I've had weekends, you know? So I've never really understood that, like, ah, oh, it's like my one, this, this is like my only time to have fun. I better do something fun or else. And it's like a weird, I just feel like it's all part of this construct and constriction of capitalism forcing us into, like, very narrowly defined moments of pleasure and leisure. And I find that really, like, annoying. Mm-hmm. And I find the idea that there's, like, one night one night to top all other nights and it'll be the best (laughs) night ever to be like so frustratingly disgusting to me i'm like you can have a great night any fucking time you want to even though i know a lot of people can't i've been lucky that i've like arranged my life to like not be seeking like extreme wealth and so i have a little more time to like oh i guess if i wanted to build in like a leisureful like crazy night once a week i probably could yeah not everyone has that um, a lot of people don't have that on New Year's Eve either. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I just find that kind of like... Um, Distasteful. It's just like this didactic, like, this is all you got. Like, this is your one moment. And then back to back to the fucking grind, losers. Like, I hate <laughs> it. I find it to be really just like... Uh, again, again, it's just like a really far stretch from like a more like earth-based, like 
rhythm-based and body-based approach to life. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to like live my life of like, oh, tonight's the night where I better have to have fun or else, you know what I mean? Because if I'm tired that night, I don't feel like going out, you know what I mean? Or like if my body's like sick, I don't want to have to like feel like I made plans, I have to go, my friends are going to be disappointed, you know, like I just hate it. I don't think you really live your life like that though. (laughs) I don't, but I feel like that's to me the overarching. That is like the, oh, that is why I have such a distaste for that holiday because I think it is another example of like wretching people wrenching people from like a connection to their actual rhythms wants and needs of their body and i'm not saying a person can't also happen to want to party on that night but what Mm -hmm. if they wanted to party a different night you know what i mean they're like i don't know it's just i really hate the thing of like you have to give a gift on this date at this time and you need to like get shit face drunk at this night on this time and like i also find like that to be another part of the culture of it is like some there are a lot of people who are like this is I'm just going to get blackout drunk on New Year's and that's what I do. And then I drive home drunk and like kill somebody. And like, there's just a lot of like culture of like, to me, very like hedonism is one thing. You know what I mean? Like, I understand you're a hedonist. And so this might be the holiday for you. I like like, a good pleasure seek. (laughs) But like, I also think that like, what's the line between hedonism and like self obliteration or destruction, destructive, destructive behavior. I mean, I guess I I don't really have any big expectation around it. I'm like, yeah, if I get invited to something or do something fun, like that's, that's great. But I've also had like plenty of fun, just like lighting sparklers with you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you do like, I feel like you do in your heart and soul would like a fun New Year's every year if there was something cool to do. I mean, depends on what you define as fun. Like, I've had lots of fun just, like, having, like, a little drink at home and just hanging out. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, a different fun than, like, partying. But, yeah, uh, yeah, there's not, like, a, like, I have to, like, have this magical experience type thing. Like, I'm grateful for all the... new year's that or any celebration i've done no matter how like extravagant or humble or like stereotypical of a celebration it has been or not um so tell i spent plenty of new year's by myself yeah (laughs) what as with christmases and other things too yeah what do you like about new year's Mm, I mean, there's nothing, like, specific about the actual thing. I enjoy, like, a celebration, like, a community celebration, whether it's, yeah, one other person to four to hundreds or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that, I I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, a New Year's fanatic or anything like that. I don't think that. (laughs) So, it's hard for me to, like, define, like, a specific thing other than, like, I enjoy... A community celebration. Yeah. Um, I know when I've lived in like San Francisco, I've always the way I, I would celebrate there would be like most of the city would like go down to the Embarcadero and watch the fireworks together, mm. which I for me that was a really cool community experience. Like people were just riding BART together and walking down the streets, passing like yeah. bottles of champagne yeah. to strangers and just like hugging each other. Yeah. Like that part of it was really like. Uh, fun and charging and then like after that people would go off and go do their own things whether it was like yeah going to a bar or a house party blah 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 Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that kind of like that kind of 
coming together was really mm-hmm. cool to just um, ex- be able to experience something like that. I don't think that I've necessarily had those same experiences here in L.A. No. Because uh, there's not really, I mean, I guess, I don't know if there was, like, a community kind of thing. There have been, like, there's the fireworks or drone shows, like, <laughs> downtown, which... They yeah. still do that every year. It's kind of just lame. Yeah. We uh, went to it one year. when you, That year you were really sick with, like, probably COVID before COVID. Oh, uh, yeah. You were, like, finally feeling well. We went and watched it. It was, like, a bunch of, like emojis it was so dumb <laughs> it was, it was like emojis like projected on town city hall it was gross yeah <laughs> i think one thing that's interesting at least for la is just like la goes off so hard for anything with fireworks like it's the, com- oh, yeah, the community true. fireworks are way better than any like it's production thing that happens like yeah one, yeah some of my favorite moments are just going up on a hill high somewhere where you can see like the vast metro yeah. area and it's just like Civil disobedience at a mass scale. Yeah. It's great. It's, fireworks are illegal here, but, like, it goes the fuck off. Everyone goes <laughs> off on it. I was going to say, like, one of my favorite New Year's experiences ever was Berlin. Oh, yeah. You've told me about the, that. And yeah. I hope you get to experience this someday. Like, Berlin, the week plus leading up to New Year's, is doing fireworks all the time. Mm-hmm. So I landed in Berlin for the first time, and it's like, you know, you have these, like, whatever naive ideas of like the history of berlin but it sounded like the city was getting bombed out Mm. you know what i mean so it kind of sounded like a war zone for the first week and i was like this is crazy is this normal i asked my friends they're like no this is berlin every year up until new year's it's just constant fireworks and i had not lived in la at that point so i was just really not used to that like level of firework activity and i was like whoa this is crazy and also people do snowball fights (laughs) in the streets all the time leading up to new year's it's another part of the tradition there and so you're just like we'll be walking along you'll get like hit in the head with a snowball and then you have to like look around and if you want to engage whoever did that retaliate yeah (laughs) it's such a great part it's really a war zone but in this really playful way that i feel like is almost like healing or something it's like very it's like weird like reparative war zone theatrics on new year's um but yeah and then and then the year i was there too we ended up doing like they ended up, like, headlining a show at a weird, like, warehouse party. It was very, like, I don't know how that happened, but I had a friend who, like, got us a gig or something. Doing drugs in, like, some weird, like, shack and, like, I don't know why. Really crazy. It was a great, it was a great New Year's. <laughs> but then also that thing you're talking about of, like, people on the street being so engaged. Any city where there's public yeah. transit. Same in New York. I think that, that... That kind of, like, street yeah, engagement that's something is that's so valuable. Good and cool to, like experience and witness just like people being really cool to each other um yeah and just revelry for the sake of revelry. yeah playfulness think, for the sake of we need more of mischief, that i you feel know? like yeah a little mischief is great like yeah just it's like what santa like, started as yeah you know? remember we went to that one like krampus celebration mm-hmm, here i, I feel like that. we've maybe talked about it but yeah that was really interesting like i'd never experienced uh anything like that where it's the pagan yeah. roots yeah. of the holiday. or the It's like, I think Krampus is like, I don't know if it's pagan or if it's like somewhere in, in that mix of like yeah, St. Nicholas. Of the, uh... It was like Catholicism plus paganism. It's like, I think the Krampuses are like St. Nick's little like cohorts or something like that. I don't or remember. The, but they it, whip you with branches. Wonder, so it's very sacred sadism. I wonder if it's also like a, like a 
because I feel like a lot of pagan holidays have like antithesis, so there'd be like the light side, the dark mm, side. I wonder... They do, yeah. There's, and that also has to do with the fact that it's around solstice. You yeah, know what I mean? it's about the darkest day of the year, and and then meeting back to, to coming back into the light as time goes on. From so there. this is saying Krampus is a horned animal anthropomorphic figure in Central and Eastern Alpine folkloric conditions. Said to accompany St. Nicholas. So, yeah, it's like kind of the antithesis. Right. Um, Says the origin of the figure is unclear. Some have postulated that may have pre-Christian origins. I mean, I feel like probably. (laughs) It definitely does. Um, And they whack you. And they whack you kind of hard in the parade that we did. And I think some of the places that still practice like Krampus parades, they'll like hit you kind of hard with these like branches and twigs. Which is awesome. Like, more of that mischief, please. Mischief. We like mischief. Civil disobedience, mischief. We need more of that shit. I (laughs) know. And, like, you know, sometimes the container... I do understand the container of a holiday. It's, like, a social agreement that we're all going to do this thing at this time, you know? And it, like, becomes codified in, like, ritual. And, like, over time, it develops. And people, like, all agree, like, to this thing on this day. And I, I do understand... I understand, like, the, the the need for ritual and the need for this, like, container for mischief and, like, you know, darker thoughts and feelings to mm-hmm. come out or, like, joyful, loving thoughts and feelings to also be contained. You know what I mean? I think all of that, like, exists in, like, certain forms of modern holidays, but it's also all been, like, totally... Um, co-opted. Co-opted and just, like, <laughs> bastardized by, like, the conditions we live under. Um, I was going to say, too, though, that we did a little, um, our solstice ritual, speaking of the, the, the dark and the light, um, remember I showed you that I was doing the butter at my brother's house? Oh, yeah. And then Temba also smeared butter on our little, what do I, I call it, rancid butter <laughs> smear doorway? <laughs> we left a little butter for Bayway. Well, I did it for you, mostly. I know you did. Like... I'm, I know. It was really sweet. Because <laughs> every year since, I don't know... 2012 I think I sort of got into more like more deeply tried to connect with like um some of my like Norwegian ancestral uh folk knowledge or whatever you want to call it mythology um and discovered this solstice tradition of smearing butter on the doorway on the solstice which was supposed to be like an offering to the goddess Beiwei who is the I really can't remember if she's the sun goddess or the moon goddess, but basically on the solstice, that's like, it's to give her fuel, give her fat and fuel to ride her great reindeer horned chariot across the sky in the the longest night of the year. So I want to say she's the moon, right? Maybe. How do you spell Beiwei? B-E-I-W-E. And oh, I was way off. <laughs> I don't know. I just always really like loved her as a figure, and this I don't know. It's a ritual that like I can. So Beiwei is the Sa- Sami sun deity. Sun deity. So yeah, she's be the the sun coming back. Yeah. After the after the longest night equinox. Yeah. So it's the longest night, which is why you give her food is to like nourish her during this like extra. It's a long journey. Extra long Shit, journey. You got to bring the sun back. Yeah, but I've been smearing it on our doorway probably since I moved in here, like, almost seven years ago, and it's just, like, a rancid black moldy <laughs> schmear on like, on, like, the outside of our door. But whatever. It's a traditionally a, a white 
animal, usually a reindeer sacrifice. Yeah. Let's get back into animal sacrifice. Oh, honey. <laughs> Is that too far? <laughs> too much? I mean, it depends. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> Um, I tend to think it's like, I tend to have like a mix of like, you know, maybe not sacrifice, but like if you're going to use the parts of the animal, that's like more I mean, respectful. I don't think, I don't think anyone that was doing sac, well, maybe, I, but it seems to me that y- eating the animal would be in line with the not sacrifice, always. but probably, yeah, I was reading always. about like a Balinese Hinduism tradition of like sacrificing a certain kind of puppy. Mm. that has like a black face and a red body and it's like used for like this particular ritual and it's like falling out of fashion in bali because like younger balinese hindu kids are like we don't want to do this anymore because it's like not cool to got to them yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like not cool they're like wait this seems like unnecessarily brutal to kill a puppy just for the sake of it i mean i feel like that's okay too if things are no longer resonating you can let it go and make new ones or yeah whatever well and i think that's also like an important point when we think about like feeling contrarian about holidays Mm. it's like you should be able to like question them they shouldn't be like so entrenched in a culture that you can't be like hey guys does like giving piles of gifts for the sake of gifts like is that actually like a sustainable thing to do as we like continue to like plummet towards like a wasteful like eco death you know Mm -hmm. future garbage patch earth scorched earth that we're living on you know what i mean like is that really like is this a cool holiday to keep upholding like do we need all this shit or even just yeah (laughs) does this thing resonate with me anymore And, of course, okay, it's okay to let it go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's been actually, like, a really good thing for me around Christmas. Of Like, I have a lot of, like, touching memories around Christmas. But it's actually not something that, like, holds a lot of meaning for me now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can have, like... um I can, like, hold my inner child and be like, you loved getting that PJ Sparkle. <laughs> but, but where is she now? And, like, does continuing to get, like, or seek or, like, desire material things for the sake of desiring material things, does that mean anything anymore to me? Not really, you know, at all. Um, so, yeah. That's our contrarian holiday then we always do wrap this. up maybe i mean perhaps we have had this conversation <laughs> or, or elements of it i'm sure because <laughs> uh, we're just broken records over here <laughs> abolish time but a clock always strikes twice i don't know what that phrase is uh. clock only strikes twice um also let's see um i also went to my first munch Oh, yeah. Should we talk about that? Claps for Genevieve first munch. <laughs> if uh, listeners don't know what a munch is, you want to tell them? Uh, so munch is a non-sexual social gathering of kinksters. So it's usually held at like a bar or a restaurant or some sort of like gathering place. Kind of just for people to like make friends and mingle and... Um, casually socialized yeah with, under the auspices of like a shared interest yeah other kinksters without the pressure or the <clears throat> i don't know what the right word is but like yeah the things that come with 
meeting new people at like say a play party so it's like a, a lower stakes low pressure way to just be like oh hey this is my name blah 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 um they are interesting experiences <laughs> so this was like uh, no go ahead okay. uh, I, I will say i think for myself i think that they are valuable in that i think it's good to make like faces you recognize if you're going to be like a person that plays at play party it's it's good to like if you don't have like people in your circle that you can talk to about kink it's good to like have kink friends or whatever um but yeah i don't know they're not necessarily for everybody it's worth going to one or two yeah just to see what they're about (laughs) i mean i'm glad i finally went i almost went to my first munch seven or eight years ago um a friend of mine who's also into kink and bdsm and who she and i were both exploring like and kind of like supporting each other and exploring like pro domination options or even just femdom lifestyle uh situations that we were both interested in so we were supporting each other and we're like well maybe we should go to a munch and like you know meet some people um the munch was held at this place called felipe's which is like a Roast Philippe's. beef, Philippe's, and that's Felipe, which is like a sandwich shop in Los Angeles, like kind of old school. And we showed up, and the table of kinksters was there, and we both kind of like freaked out and just like walked past the table and into the bathroom. We both just like looked at each other and we were like, we can't do this. <laughs> and like part of that had to do with a very superficial judgment based on, like, the appearance or demeanor of the people sitting at the table. And I think that's really, like, colored my views on Munch for a long time. And you know what I mean so when judgmental. I say that. Yeah, yes, no, like, <laughs> cunty, like, for sure, cunty, judgmental, um, maybe, like, um, elitist and superficial and, I don't know, uh too cool for school or whatever Mm. but like i had both of us i think shared this feeling of like we don't want to go sit with those nerds at the nerds lunch table if that makes sense (laughs) it was kind of like that feeling and like (sighs) i can admit that i guess I, i felt i think i felt very like social socially anxious for one and then also snobby Mm. snobby and socially anxious and snobbery is like a really good excuse for social anxiety too you yeah, know can be because like any of those people like you can't tell if someone's nerdy by looking at them you're a really hot guy who's so fucking nerdy i don't no think one- i'm that hot <laughs> no one <laughs> would no one would look at you and think this guy's a fucking dweeb well i wouldn't say i'm a dweeb <laughs> okay, a nerd sorry. yes um but inside i'm still the very awkward nerd that no one wanted to talk to uh in high school and middle school and all that but yeah i mean i guess you could say that there is a type that attends munches or is Um, just even like drawn to kink yeah but i think especially people that show up to munches could be lumped into a category um but 
that's not necessarily everyone there. Like, I've met a few people that I've been friends with for, like, over 10 years at Munches. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. Anyway, I, I, re- I wrote off that first Munch. Mm-hmm. Like, very point blank based on, uh, well, I'm going to just say, like, at its core, based on social anxiety, me and my friend both being, like, afraid of getting, like, trapped. I think we were both just, like, afraid we'd sit down at that table and get trapped and, like conversations we didn't want to be in or yeah. something like that and we just neither of us could handle it or were ready that day to handle to face it, it. <laughs> even though we had every intention of doing so the vibe was off let's just say for us the vibe was off and we ended up leaving and now you've been going to munches for years now yeah before i met you and then also during the time we've been together you've gone to munches i've never joined yeah. you i think my first munch was in 2008 mm-hmm. um i'm not like I guess the closest to, like, super regular was probably when um, my friend Jared was leading the Eastside Munch. I think I went to those fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And usually they're... Some are weekly, some are monthly. I think that one was monthly, if I'm remembering correctly. And I think I went to most of them while um, he was in charge of it. And there was, like, a change of leadership to someone that I had an unpleasant experience with in the scene and never went again. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I'd say I go to, like, handful a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not, yeah, not necessarily something I go to, like, crazy regularly, but I like to pop in here and there. <laughs> and tell us what you, like, get out of going to munches or what appeals to you about those spaces. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like a... I think going going to like a blind social uh, event, especially, I don't know if it's I, I just think of munches this way, maybe other things too. Um, I think of it as like an interesting social experiment just mm-hmm. to like, who am I going to meet? And like, what are they going to be like? Because I, I think I'm, I have a genuine interest in just like what other people are like. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, who knows who the fuck you're going to run into. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, like, not the most pleasant experience. Sometimes it's like, hmm, that was really interesting. Or, yeah. oh, I really like that person. Yeah. Mm. So I guess for me, it's, yeah, it's very interesting just, like, what random person am I going to end up talking to about a random aspect of my life or about kink in general, which, you know, isn't, I think maybe now is something I talk about a little more freely with, like, random people, but definitely in the past it wasn't something I felt as confident uh, about just, like, slipping into conversation Mm. with people. Like, I think now I'm a lot more like, I don't really give a fuck. This is who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So it felt like an outlet. So, yeah, it was, like, cool to, like, just learn a little bit about other people's perspectives. Uh, Because generally I would say most munches you're not running into a whole lot of black people outside of, like, specifically, like, POC or black munches. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting to hear, like, other people's perspective or, like, what they think about XYZ or just see, like, what gets brought up. Just, like, what what what's this? It's like playing bingo, kind of. You're yeah. like, what's going to come up this evening? <laughs> and I don't know. I find that... An, interesting thing to experience not necessarily yeah not something i want to do every month but yeah 
it's just interesting in my lifelong, I guess, study of, like, people and, like, what are people like? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my soapbox that's your, spiel. That's your, your munch. So how, how did you find this uh, first munch experience? Um, well, part of the reason I went was because someone from the art world, more someone I know through the art scene of L.A., was going you you had both like planned on meeting there or someone uh-huh. and I felt like a little not jealous in a romantic way but a like I want to hang out with that person <laughs> kind of a way so in a I way was like, just fucking come <laughs> I was like but I don't want to go to a munch because I have this thorn in my side about what it is or like why I won't go and like it's just like a uh, I guess it like a story I've told myself in my head that like that's just not something I'm into, mm-hmm. even though I've never been. It's I've weird just... how that happens sometimes. I know, but like, <laughs> anyway, we so I I wanted to like get to know this person better and like in the context of like a space where we could talk about kink, it sounded really interesting. Um, and so I put on my big girl shoes and and we went and it really wasn't that bad. Definitely, like you said this munch had a more diverse crew than mm-hmm. maybe the first one that I like opted out of. Um, and also like, I think that's one of the biases I have against munches in general is thinking of them as very homogenous, white, nerdy, certain kind of person spaces, you know, which like, I didn't talk to many people at this munch, but like, just a read of the room was that it was, like, slightly less that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this one was actually, like, one of the least diverse ones I've mm. been to of that, of their series. Like, the first one I went to, it was actually, like, almost half black people, which is kind of unheard of at a lot of the munches I've been to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the one you went to was uh, yeah, not quite as diverse as I've experienced for this particular series of munches, yeah. but... I was also surprised at how well attended it was. It was big. Yeah. And also, I would say probably the one of the smaller ones for that really? one. Really? I think that was my third time going to this specific munch. The first one I went to was, like, huge. Not quite as big. There's one in the valley that I went to a long time ago, but it was, like, a hundred and something people. Mm. It was massive. Mm. Um, but, Yeah. So I didn't really, like, mingle that much, but... Yeah, neither um, did I. Because <laughs> we were just, like, kind of, like, uh, I don't know, getting to know this other friend who was meeting up there. Yeah. As well, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. But then there was one person who just kind of, like, honed in on me and, like, stuck to my side Yeah, I was, I was I totally forgot to ask you what... What, what how happened? That, yeah, how that happened, because I was like, I oh, this... She, I think she just saw me and was like, this, this is someone I can relate to or yeah. something, like, I don't know. Like, she And yet, it. I'm the only person that followed them on social no, media. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, okay. I did right then and I was, there. I was, yeah. <laughs> no, I did. But she followed... Uh, no, I was following her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... But anyway, she was interesting to talk to, and I'm actually like, yeah, it was it was it was nice talking to her. I think like one thing I noticed that I'm assuming is like the norm at munches is people being like, so what are you into, right? Yeah, I feel like that is a common kind of. It's question. like a norm. Yeah. It's like whereas like 
at, you know, getting to that point at a, a vanilla, we'll call it, social event or like a normie social event, like you're unlikely to know that that's an okay and appropriate thing to like open a conversation with yeah. but that seems to be the norm at the munch and i did really enjoy that i yeah. liked that it could just be like um the cold open is like what kind of kinky weird freaky shit do you do yeah you know and so that's kind of cool it's a dope and really kind of wholesome thing i think to be yeah in a space where it's okay to be open and honest yeah. about those things and people are just like oh interesting da, da, da. it's yeah. like yeah for the most part zero judgment i'm sure there's some things you could say that might get you sure. well depending on what <laughs> you're into i and guess depending yeah. on the person you're speaking to as yeah. well um, yeah um but yeah so that was like kind of cool and interesting and i was like um uh my conversation with her was interesting because she's also like she's solo um poly i guess and like maybe i don't know i shouldn't like air all of whatever everything she told me but she was like really interested to hear about like how non-monogamy worked for us Mm. and i was like whoa this is like actually is kind of like a deep like a deep conversation to have with someone you just met you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like it was like she was looking to me for advice or guidance and i was oh, like really? i was like i am just learning myself <laughs> like what all of that is so i mean it's oh, really it's interesting i miss all that part of the no yeah you, I, we, we talked was about it before a... i got there no it was like oh. you in general like getting up and doing other stuff oh, okay um but yeah it was interesting and also i was like huh like i mean i'm just in my life in general working on like not oversharing because mm-hmm. I think oversharing is like a little bit of a default for me in like conversations and I'm trying to learn like what my personal boundaries are around like how much I share so like being in a space where also the cold open is like pretty intimate yeah like that's pretty intimate details of your life but you also kind of know you're in the company of people who aren't going to judge you about yeah, it yeah everyone there like to some extent gets it because yeah they're all involved in it in some aspect yeah so i found it like interesting i was kind of just trying to navigate my own boundaries of like huh like yeah this is probably a safe person to talk to about that but like how much do i really feel like sharing with a stranger at the same time how much am i normally like (laughs) apt to share and like maybe i'm trying to like challenge myself to be like a little more reserved in sharing every detail of my life with everybody all the time you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, so it was interesting, but I could see, um, I can see the, I can really see the benefit of having a place where you can go and know that most people you're going to start talking to, um, are going to get where you're coming from. I didn't get into any like awkward conversations, but I could also see that being, uh, something that happens at munches. Yeah. Like maybe people you don't want to be in conversation with but you're like trapped have you ever gotten in any of those oh 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. you know like that's something that like maybe has also steered me away from it over the years it's just like ugh, i don't want to get stuck yeah but you know that can happen in Anywhere. any regular world conversation yeah maybe just like the stakes of like the intimate nature of like the um subject matter makes it feel a little more intimidating yeah i can see like, that like more welcoming sure. but more intimidating in a way too mm-hmm. depending on how you're where you're at in your journey you know yeah like you were saying like having a place where you could be open at one point was probably very welcoming you know what i mean yeah and i'm like almost at a point where i'm like 
how open should I be be with people? Because <laughs> I've been so open about, I've been an open book about my life in like public ways in the past, you know? Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I guess I'm definitely like part extrovert, but I think there's definitely a part of me where it's, I need to have like, there has to be some sort of like energetic, like, I don't know how to describe it other than this. I know it sounds pretty woo, but there has to be like an energetic match for me mm, to really open up, open up to people. Like mm. if I, fe- if it feels like, oh yeah, this person's on the level, like I don't usually have a problem doing that. But yeah, if I don't feel like initially feel like this comfort level, like I, it's really hard to describe, but mm. yeah, if it doesn't feel like there's that vibe there, then I'm probably not going to tell you a whole lot about me. Mm. Yeah. And I think I'm like, I'm like kind of the polar opposite in a way. Like I'm an introvert and my way of dealing with that in social situations is to overshare. Mm, Okay. It's like to like fill the silence and like feel like we're connecting by sharing whether there's like an actual connection or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we're here. I'm socializing. So I guess we're talking and I better just talk you know, and mm. keep the conversation flowing. And, like, I think I've noticed that's, like, at the expense of, like, my own, my own, like, at still being, de- still being defined boundaries about how much I want to share with yeah. every person. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like an anxiety, um, it's like an anxiety. Like, response. Response, or... yeah. It's like, oh, we're connecting, we're connecting, let me just tell you more, we're connecting, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like, actually, are we connecting or am I just, like, blathering? And telling you too much. And they feel connected because I've, like, revealed all this shit. But then oh. I'm, like, hungover and, like, oh, God. I Not hungover, hungover. Emotionally hungover with, like, yeah. oversharing. You know what I mean? I'm still figuring that out. But Life's a, month, a journey. Life's a journey. Yeah. I'm still figuring <laughs> that stuff out. But overall, it was, like, a pretty pleasant time. There was the one, like, perfect munch moment at the very end there. Like, I was on the couch... Like, some people, I was like, we're leaving, you all can, like, sit down, like, whatever. Those people, like, sat down around me, and I told you there was that guy who, like, came up and was like, oh, hello, miss! Uh, do you remember what I yeah. said? It was, like, <laughs> this, he was a very nice, I'm assuming his gender, he was a very nice man who, like, had such a, like, typical... This big milady energy. Big milady energy, if you all know what we mean by milady, that, like, but maybe trembly, not, t- like, tilting... Maybe not energy, but just, like, a stereotypical way of speaking. Like, like a drama a nerd energy. Like a Renfair enjoyer. Not that we're not <laughs> Renfair enjoyers, but just, like, you know what I mean? A certain kind of nerd... Nerdery. <laughs> <laughs> of, like... I introduced myself. He heard my name wrong. He was, I was like, he was like, nice to meet you, Carrie. And I was like, oh, no, it's Genevieve. He's like, oh, my word. Well, you may call me Jerry then. And it's not my name, but I owe you, I owe you, I owe you one. And it's just like so over the top. And, he, and I was like, anyway, I'm going. And he was like, I talked to you for 30 seconds, but it has been a pleasure. It was just so much. A, a real character. Just like the kind of person that like when I went to Philippe's that first time I imagined everyone at that table was going to talk to me that way yeah and I was like I can't do it like I just can't do I mean it. I would be so curious to talk to that person just like because they're probably amazing very interesting person. like yeah <laughs> and that's like also just like the lesson of course always is like snobbishness and like whatever it's like 
definitely like a coping mechanism to be like i can't connect with that person like they're so Mm -hmm. different than me or like whatever and they're not they just have a he just had a funny way of talking yeah i'm sure he would have been i have a funny way of talking you laugh at me all the time (laughs) you're a weirdo for sure and like but it is also i mean yeah maybe you maybe i'm like way off and like people do read you as a total nerd and I'm just like, you know, like mm. under your spell. And I'm like, he's so hunky, but he's, you're actually a nerd, uh, nerd coded to everyone I else. I mean, it, it was probably much more apparent when I was younger. I think I've gotten better at like masking, masking, <laughs> or I don't know, whatever my, my outward appearance has like become more uh, or less of that of a stereotypical nerd so people see me and assume I'm one thing but I mean I've experienced a lot of rejection uh, based on my personality like once people started getting to know me so yeah I mean you're dorky and everything but like you also have like a lot of mainstream interests and you know it's not like you're totally like a, uh, a niche weed. I mean, I guess so, but yeah, but I also have a lot of like really fucking weird interests too, and mm, just so many hobbies. My everyone noticed personality is quite weird from whatever the status quo is, though, and it's eventually gonna come out. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, depending on how much energy you have to mask it, or you know, I mean, I don't think I'm. I don't think with people I feel like a connection with I mask that much with but I don't know it's more like you're metting out getting get the connection like getting yeah. to know people like not people don't all deserve to know everything about you all at once right yeah and once they find out they'll understand that you're like <laughs> a nerd a nerd and like a weird niche enthusiast with many hobbies and many things that can't be confined to just one right and no one should and no one should (laughs) and no one should be judged based on their funny little way of talking as i judged this poor person i mean it was i wasn't judging him it was it was entertaining yeah i was just like this is the guy (laughs) that has kept me away from munches for so long is because i'm so afraid of being trapped in a room trapped or like (laughs) surrounded by that kind of energy and part of that too is just having like a real aversion to a certain kind of theater kid Mm. it's like i got out of the theater because of this a certain kind of theater kid who was like that (laughs) or like some version of that of just like bro like genevieve was a deep theater kid i was i was I was deep in it until college when I was like, I like despise this social architecture of the theater. Like I just really wasn't feeling it anymore. And I wanted to make my own art. I didn't want to interpret other people's works. You know, I wanted to make my own work. Um, and so it changed. And I also, I don't know, you know, in college, I don't think I ever told you, but like I was kind of drama club president in college too. No, you never told me that. We didn't have like a drama club, but we had like a dr- I don't remember what we were called. Drama lead. There was some kind of like within the drama department, there was some kind of like student led coalition that helped. I don't know what we did. It's so long (laughs) ago now, but like somehow I was also drama club leader of some kind then. And it was like in that process where I was like, what am I doing? Why am I still doing this? Like, I don't don't care about any of this, you know? So it was a good thing that I got out of that when I did, you know? 
Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, I just have like a I have like a thorn in my side about that about modern dance, and now I work for like a dance, you know, work. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just need to become a munch organizer. That's my next step. You could. <laughs> I mean, very honestly, well I was like, I've been thinking about how um, for my job, we have this big, beautiful, gorgeous space that I have free access to. Um, we could do so many cool things. We could do kink parties. We could do performances. We could do events. And then even after this munch, I was like, we could do a munch. We could do like something that resonated with us how would we you know how would we create like a social event where people did feel like they could connect to people and feel comfortable and free talking about whatever but mm-hmm. yeah it kind of did cross my mind i was like maybe we should do a, an, an eco an- fetish munch anti-munch munch <laughs> something i don't know it's just like occurred to me it would, it would be perfectly in line with everything i do where i'm like i'm they hate that shit and then I do it. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, thank you for bringing me out of my little Cancerian shell. I'm glad you came. It was fun. I mean, you always invite me to munches and I always decline. Yeah. But I appreciate that you don't, um, you know, that you still always invite me. I appreciate that you're like... I want you to know that you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I will, might say no to the next 10 or whatever. But it's okay. But I, I, I think it was also good to, yeah, get out of my comfort zone. It wasn't that scary. It was literally just, so it's just, it's just like hanging out at a bar, which is like not one of my favorite things to begin with, but. But hanging out at a bar with interesting, weird freaks. Yeah. Who, whom I didn't really get to know, but like, you know. Maybe next time you'll mingle more. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know me. I like to hold court. And if like, like that girl who I talked to for the majority of the event, she came to me. That's how I do it. I mean, that's kind of like what I, how I I like explained it to our friend that came. I was like, yeah, let's just find a spot. And like, whoever comes up, comes up. Mm Because that's mostly what I do too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I might, it depends on like the layout of the room. Sometimes I just like stand in one spot or Mm -hmm. like, yeah, sit, um, so, yeah, I'm not necessarily, like, social butterfly, like, yeah. hopping to each little corner to see who everybody is. Um, well, and there's all different types, and, like... Yeah. There's... Go- that's, like, kind of the beauty of, like, a social space like that, is, like, you know, there are going to be people like us who just plant and, like, see what happens, and if nothing happens, whatever, or if someone does come, cool, but... Mm-hmm. Then there are people who love to, like, work a room, they you do, know? Yeah. And, I mean, I've been that person at different times in my life in spaces where I felt very, very at home. Um, oftentimes that's, like, social patterns are, like, contingent on context, you know? But, yeah, in general, I just like to sit and, like, a like a flower, wait and see which bees buzz over, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to get that nectar. Sweet, sweet nectar. Um... So yeah, I think it's exciting to to try that, to try new things. And any other munch kink things we have on the horizon? I think we should. We should think about it. Yeah, nothing that's like coming to my brain right this moment, but... You just made a really cool flogger. You want to talk about that at all? Uh, okay. Yeah. I made a rubber chicken flogger which is yeah. fun it's mischievous. got miniature they're about maybe six inches tip to tip 
uh, rubber chickens attached to the leather falls. Um, <clears throat> someone I know through the internet, like, posted, like, a picture of someone else who had made one of those, and I was like, if you... I forget what they wrote, but I was like, if you want one of those, I can make it for you. And they were like, oh my god, I would love to gift this to my friend. And yeah. I was like, Psh, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. I love making weird shit. It's my favorite. Like, I think that and then the penis knife I made are, like, <laughs> in the top favorite weird things I've made so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the response has been very good. Yeah, it's do you think you'll like, make more? Yeah, I have enough. I think I have enough of the chickens to make another one. So yeah. I might make one. I think I might do it uh, for maybe the next on my table. Yeah. Um, or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe just to sell I online. Drop. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed like a lot of people are interested in it, um, at least through the internet response. Um, the world needs more goofy kink toys. More. Because and kink is so goofy. It can be. Like, yeah, it's not... It doesn't have to be this weird, serious thing. It's, like, literally just play. Um, and you know what? Someone sent me another weird flogger today, and I was like, I might fuck around and make this shit. What is it? <laughs> it was a flogger with, like, Kermit, like, a stuffed animal Kermit the Frog arms as the falls. Whoa. And then, like, his eye was on the butt of the oh, thing. Cool. And I was like, ooh, they don't make a Kermit the... F- it was called Kermit the Flogger. <laughs> I was like, That's maybe great. I'll make one of these motherfuckers. That would probably feel good, too, because it's not going to be that heavy. It's, like, soft no, and sensation Yeah, it looked like, like fleece Wh- or something. Very yeah, very f- f- feeling. Um, I mean, you could make it mean, though. Maybe in the fingers you could kind of, like, make little bean bags or something or yeah. stuff it with, yeah, beans or sand or something to make it a little, a little heavier. heavier. Um, also, we didn't talk about... My new kink toy that you made me—it's hanging on the wall over here. Oh, we could if you want to. Yeah, we haven't used it yet, but no. I'm open to it. Well, it's dual. It's dual function. It's dual, yeah, so it's halfway a joke. Uh, can will you tell the story of the joke? Because I don't fully. Well, remember. okay. First of all, I'll describe the piece. Tema makes these less lethal knife play knives, mm-hmm. which are uh, the shape of knives, traditional knives. Sometimes they're like slotted, like. What would you call that? Mm. Switchblade, not switchblade. I don't know some some of them are like more fantasy blades. Foldable blades. Yeah, I make I make some that are like like a pen knife where it like folds into itself. Um, some are like daggers. Some are like daggers or like fixed blades. Um, but... And they're basically for they're for kink play, but like for people like me, I have a um, I have a knife phobia. It's not strong. I'm not gonna like freak out when a knife is in the room, but I have a certain anxiety and fear that comes up around close contact with knives, even mostly when other people are handling knives. And I don't want to get into the details of why I have this fear. I'm not trying to um, get into my childhood you trauma You want a trauma here. dump? No, I'm not going to trauma dump. Um, That's a good name for a podcast, trauma dump. Trauma dump. <laughs> um, but anyway, I do have this, like, fearful anxiety nervousness around other people handling knives but at the same time i'm interested in like probing that fear and i really do believe in exposure therapy for certain kinds of fears um i think sometimes when you're more exposed to something you fear the fear lessens and it becomes less like taboo and gripping in your subconscious or whatever so i've always been interested in using some of your less lethal knives because there's not the danger of actually being cut 
the exact fear of the knife is not being triggered because mm-hmm. I know it's not a real knife. But there's like a threat that can be played with or like a proximity to a blade that can be played with with it that I think is really cool about your knives. And that's part of why you create them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is for people who want to do knife play, but maybe just truly aren't that comfortable with knives. And knife play can be kind of edge play, can't it? I think 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not everyone wants to engage in edge play. Yeah. Necessarily. Or some players might want to like get to know each other better before they do. But yeah. Um, so anyway, Tamba made me, uh, a crooked dagger, less lethal knife. And the crooked dagger is because as a kid, my dad would let us choose knives out of, he was like a knife collector, a sword collector, had a, had an enthusiasm for these things. He'd get these knife catalogs and sometimes he'd be like, pick out a knife under, you know, $10 or something like that. And we get to choose a knife, but I always wanted a crooked dagger. They were always too expensive. Or for whatever reason, I never got one. So mm-hmm. Tamba made me a less lethal crooked dagger. But also, okay, you want me to talk about the poop knife. We have to talk about the poop knife. That's the whole point. To you. <laughs> to you. And to you, it's the whole point. For me, it's more of like, okay, we're going to try like some knife play with this. And now I have my own less lethal <clears> knife. <throat> but anyway, Tamba also has a fantasy. <laughs> It's not a fantasy. It was like it was like a Reddit joke or something. Okay, 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 yeah. So there's a Reddit post, which may or may not have been true, you never know on Reddit, but it was like someone talking about how normal is this not normal to have a poop knife in the bat in the family bathroom? How there where they grew up, there was like a butter knife on the toilet and like if you're pooping you can't push the whole poop out, you use the knife to cut off the poop. <laughs> <laughs> poop mid push or whatever. Um, and everyone was like, that's not normal. What are you talking about? And he was like, I thought it was, an- I was at my friend's house and I was like, where's the poop knife? And they couldn't find the poop knife. <laughs> and we're so confused. Like, where's the like customary poop knife? We don't know if that was a real story or not, but whatever. It was something we've joked about when, like, I think you joked about it to me first when you were like pooping and you're like, I need the poop knife. I need the poop knife. So it became like this running yeah, joke. Yeah, you pushed it. You pushed a butter knife under the door. <laughs> And then I always joked so that I was going to make Genevieve a poop knife. And you're always like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. Right. And like, after hearing about the crooked dagger that you wanted, I was like, I'm going to make you a crooked dagger poop knife. And you're always like, I don't, I really don't want that. I was like, I'm going to make it for you. And then when Genevieve confided in me, like, hey, I would like to try one of your less lethal knives sometime. And I was like, ooh, I finally get to make the crooked dagger. <laughs> but it's not a poop knife. It's a play knife baby it's half poop knife half play knife. i mean if if violating my consent around the poop knife is so important to you i would never actually use it as such it's just a joke name. you wouldn't bar- you wouldn't barge into the toilet no. and cut my poop poop that off seems very weird i'm yeah. weird but not that weird yeah i get it you're trolling me, me a little just let me call it a poop knife you should yeah. call it a poop knife thank you Unless, like, we were using it for kinking purposes, kinking purposes and, like, incorporating poop is not what I wish for in the scene. Well, I don't think incorporating poop is anything either of us wish for in any scene. That's not true. You were always talking about wanting to poop on me. I don't think I really want to, though. I dare you. Do you really? No. <laughs> See? I just kind of want to call you in your bluff. Like, I don't want to be pooped on, 
but like you talk about it so much, I'm like, all right, because show me funny. what you got. Because I think you'd chicken out. I don't think you'd I actually probably poop would. Out. I don't think I. It's like I mean, unless I had to go really bad and I was just like, oh, show her. It's like a really fun idea to poop on people, but I'll tell you from experience, I, think... I have people in my inbox every week who want me to poop on them, and when I really think about it, I'm just like, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know you well enough to poop on you. And even if I did. I don't know if I'd be able to. It's I'd, a really it's a I'd, really cool thing when people can. I'd like to think I'd be able to, but yeah. I don't know if I could. Well, that's what I'm learning. It's like, yeah. in my mind, it's like, yeah, I'll shit on all these bitches. <laughs> but then when it comes down to it, I'm like, oh, like, that's... It's a very vulnerable and... It's a very intimate experience. Very yeah. intimate thing to do with a stranger. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do it with each other, I mean, I've, you've, you know, obviously you've, I've, you've had my poop on you. Yeah. You've seen my poop, like poop, you know, poop is a part of, uh, sex if that's what you're, you know. Yeah. Depending on what kind of sex well, you're Depending having, on what kind of sex you're into, but like. Also just living with someone, you're going to yeah, eventually see a floater or. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think like, actually I've come to learn, like, that's a really intimate thing for me that maybe like shouldn't be on my menu <laughs> you know well i mean i'm 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 leaving that open to like my development <clears throat> and my develop developing my skills around that or whatever because mm-hmm. it is also a skill yeah like, pooping for sure. on man wow that's very powerful yeah that's I mean, like, i'm sure it's like a lot of like prep stuff too it like is, yeah. learning your body and like mm-hmm. yeah timing scheduling Yep. Anyways. Anyhow. <laughs> we went there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll always take you there, and then we'll cut the poop off mid-journey. Bye. End scene. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. We will talk to you next time. Talk to you again at the end of the month. Yeah. Hope all is well with you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis, cosmic halitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am gorgeous taps and Temba is Tembizzle T E M B I Z Z L E. Thanks for listening.